Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Shane Campbell, otherwise known as Vegan Country Boy on social media. Shane uses his platforms to promote veganism and talk about how to be an activist. As you'll hear in the episode, he is also in the midst of editing a documentary about veganism that he himself created. Enjoy the episode. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So you said that you've listened to the podcast before, so you probably know this is coming, but... The title is Consciously Clueless, so I am really loving asking people that I interview where they're at kind of on that scale from consciousness to cluelessness. Where where are you at right now in this moment? Um, to be truthful, I don't know. I'd say somewhere in between, to be honest. Um, the reason for that, I suppose, is because two years ago, if you would have asked me this question, I would have said... Um, I was uh, <laughs> conscious, but um, obviously two years on now, I look back and I'm like, whoa, you know, I've learned so much in the last two years um, in all aspects of life, not just with veganism. And um, yeah, I just think you continue to learn and continue to grow. So I think answering conscious would be uh, incorrect because I'd say in two years time, if you asked me the same question again, I'd probably be like <laughs> in between. So <laughs> What is the two-year mark? What happened two years ago? Do you feel like that kind of catapulted change? Um, I suppose when I first started, I was very across the board. You can be vegan. There's no excuse why you can't be vegan. I was very much like I'd ignore all the other reasoning to it, and it was just my way or the highway. And so in the last two years, I've had a kind of major wake up call in regards to uh, my privilege and white veganism as well. I've looked into all sides of veganism and um, yeah, looking back, I'm kind of like, oh, that's a little bit embarrassing. But again, you know, two years on, I'm learning and I'm sure in two years time, I'll be after learning more than I've learned now. So, um, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. crazy how much you actually learn when you uh, open your eyes I suppose yeah I really appreciate you sharing that you said things two years ago like everyone can be vegan that now you look at differently because especially in the age of this idea of cancel culture where saying something wrong could get you canceled which I think there's some validity to calling people out but canceling people just means no growth So like being able to be here and say, yeah, I said some things that now I understand are wrong because I've done that, especially with veganism and my privilege or my privilege basically with any topic. I'm sure I can look back at things that I just want to crawl into a cave and pretend never happened. But I think being able to say like, yeah, I've I've totally messed up is super powerful for other people to have permission to learn and be clumsy. Yeah, I think that 100%, like, in regards to self-growth, I think I wouldn't be probably where I am now in regards to 
knowledge if it wasn't kind of criticism along the way. Um, I know like a lot mm. of people in the vegan community, it's like, don't criticize another vegan, which I agree if someone's doing activism, as long as they're not take, taken from other movements and, you know, I suppose hurting people in a sense, um, you know, it's, but in, in my eyes, it's kind of like, um, you know, criticism is a part of life and I think it definitely helps you grow. And I think I wouldn't have, you know, two years ago, if I hadn't been criticized along the way, I wouldn't be kind of where I am now in regards to my mindset. So, yeah, I think, um, like you said, you know, we all grow and, um, you know, who knows where we'll be in two years time when it comes to, uh, to veganism. Maybe we'll do another episode in two years and go, oh my gosh, all the stuff we said in that first episode. Yeah, we'll just play like snippets back and be like, embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I like that you said the word mindset because I think it takes a mindset shift to also be able to take that criticism, you know, like not be upset with it, but be thankful which is not what we're taught to do when someone criticizes us but to be like oh I'm so glad that was brought to my attention instead of saying screw this I'm not listening yeah 100% you don't learn that way like um well I find that's my opinion you don't learn that way if you know if if you just write off everyone's criticism how do you grow but uh like a person as well uh you've had on the podcast uh, Zipporah like I've Mm -hmm. followed her now for the last couple of months and just eyes opened like it's just it's amazing what you learn and she is for anyone that is listening I would definitely check her out uh she's amazing yeah it's people like that that are um I'm thankful for being willing to be those voices because it's not easy something Zipporah shares on her social media as a black woman who is talking about veganism she gets so many direct messages from people talking about basically why she shouldn't have said something or whatever it is. And it's astounding. It's astounding what people will say. And the fact that she's willing to be there and take that in terms of creating content and teaching people is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred uh, percent. She's, she's amazingly strong to be fair. And, um, you know, I've learned loads from, from her and that's just another example of how, uh, you know, watching people and, and taking criticism can help you grow. Yeah, definitely. With a lot of the things going on and conversations going on within the U.S., there were a lot of moments over the past few months where I've had to do some examination because I think especially when you are vegan and you care about the environment and you're privileged and all the other things, it's really easy to be like, I'm so woke. I get it. Like, I totally understand how the world works and like continuing to be like, no, I don't. (laughs) No, really like it is. And I think as well, like, see for a lot, a lot of it for me was, um, I don't know, I think I just got caught up in the animal industry and the cruelty and I just put blinders on. And because mm. of seeing that cruelty, I just, I wouldn't acknowledge anything else but not doing that. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, animal factory and all, but, like, you know, we're talking about people in, in different countries with, like, food deserts and people that don't have, you know, don't have the privilege we have, say. And so, you know, I've understood that to a point now where um, where I just, I you know, I just, I don't make comparisons in that. I understand where the line is and, um, 
I'm I'm glad for it too, to be honest. Yeah, ex- same, 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 same. Even even when it's hard, it's definitely work worth doing. Um, so tell us about how you became vegan. Um, so yeah, I literally, I was a massive meat eater. I used to eat meat like twice a day. Um, like when I used to be in the gym and stuff, I used to believe in like, uh, no carb diets and I'd just eat like, mm. I'd eat a lot of, a uh, lot of chicken breasts and just, I just have a lot of, uh, protein with my chicken breasts and, uh, <laughs> even at times like minced beef I would have and I'd cook that up and I'd just eat it like flavor with some spices or whatever and just eat a bowl of it like and looking back now it actually just makes me a bit sick but um yeah I was I, like oh yeah <laughs> yeah but uh to how I got there I suppose one night I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole I uh, went on Netflix I looked at a couple of environmental documentaries on Netflix Cowspiracy I think was one of them and I was really intrigued by it and I was like how do I not know this how have I not seen, how have I not been taught this? Like I was, what, what am I now, 30, I'm 30 now. So I would have been 25, I think, or 20, yeah, 25. And I was looking at it and I was like, I'm 25 years of age and I have no idea of this. How is that? And then I suppose with Google showing you documentaries that you might like and likes of that, I ended up kind of going down and watching Artlings. And then that just, I was like, it just blew my mind like that that was happening. And um mm-hmm. I kind of went, I talked to a few people and I was like, I'm going vegan. Like I did my research. It wasn't a thing of I just watched a documentary. Like a lot of people kind of, especially non-vegans, when you mentioned documentary, they're like, oh, you watched a vegan propaganda documentary and you went vegan. But it's not that like I looked into, yeah, I looked into animal farming in Ireland. I looked into, and it just, it kind of clicked with me that that food on the table was an animal that I don't need to be eating. So yeah, I kind of talked to a few people. And I was like, I'm going vegan. And they were like, don't go vegan, like go vegetarian. That's just way too extreme to go straight to vegan. So I was like, mm-hmm. no, no, I think like I kind of was like, yeah, OK, or whatever. To a few of them, like I was like, yeah, maybe. But I couldn't consume any dairy products after seeing what i seen and after looking into it. So, yeah, I just went straight from a massive meat eater to straight into vegan. And how was that? transition in terms of food and everything did you find it hard to go no pun intended cold turkey <laughs> <laughs> um I suppose it was it was challenging at first uh because like when I went like I, I have a sister who's vegetarian so like she helped me a good bit in regards to what I needed to get what proteins you know what vitamins I needed to get and stuff so like that was that 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 wasn't too bad, but it is a massive change, I suppose. Not so much now, but like I'm vegan what four and a half years now. So like four and a half years ago, a lot of the stuff that was vegan didn't have vegan, so you'd be reading ingredients. So like mm. reading the ingredients and stuff, you know, was tricky, I suppose, at first. But um yeah, like I had two friends as well that were vegan and they were vegan for I think one of them was vegan for five or six, seven years before I was. So I went to them and uh, kind of got advice off them. But it wasn't terribly difficult or anything. I, I'm a little bit stubborn that way. I kind of wouldn't let it be anyway. Once I'd kind of set my mind to it, I was like, that is, uh, that's it. But I do think it's important like that you do the research and look into what you need to get and where you need to get it because that is massively important. You know, a lot of people like, mm-hmm. go vegan and then you know, they're eating chips for like six months and then they go, 
I got sick on veganism. You didn't get sick on veganism. You got sick because you're eating chips for six months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's so interesting that once you tell people in your life, um, oh, I'm on a plant-based diet or I eat vegan or whatever you say, um, so many people turn into nutritionists all of a sudden and (laughs) ask all these questions that they can't answer for their own diet right? Like how much protein do you get? Like, well, how much protein do you get? (laughs) Oh my God. Like protein doesn't exist when you eat meat apparently, because it's just an automatic (laughs) given that once you're like, and same with vitamins. Like I'm of the theory that everyone should probably supplement because I'd say if you check three quarters of the people, I'd say regardless of what you eat, you're definitely lacking in something I'd say. So I think supplements are great, but um, it is like everyone you talk to is nutritionist. Like the amount of times when I, in the first couple of months, I couldn't get over it. I was like, they were like, yeah, no, that's not good. You need to get in your protein. And it's just, it's mind boggling to show. I think that's nearly meat culture though. Like that it's like, it's been put out mm. there that much by uh, the meat industry that people are like, well, hold on. Like, you know, meat, you, you can't get protein from anything but meat. So yeah. Um, <laughs> but that is definitely, everyone becomes a nutritionist. You hit the nail on the head here. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting because, there is concern over protein but then again people don't actually know like what vitamins and proteins and whatever like do in our body or why we need them or anything like that like people and I'm totally generalizing here and I get that but there is often a response from people who are maybe fine eating McDonald's right or whatever it is but are like but be careful about being vegan and once you kind of start looking into it or really am going into this world of food and how it's been marketed to us you're like wait a second yeah you could be in the smoking area of a pub someone could be drinking a pint smoking a fag and telling you that veganism is bad for your health so it's just crazy and it's about perspective like you know what i mean like People have no problem going down and I'm not, I'm not shaming anyone. You know, I love fast food. So like, if you want to eat fast food, you want to eat fast food. But, um, you know, people have no problem going and eating fast food. But as soon as you said, you know, I'm going to be in chickpeas and more vegetables and more greens, the stuff that you're made to eat when you're growing up, they're all like, whoa, 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 that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. I think that was one of the things that was... Um, really good about a lot of the documentaries, but in the Game Changers, they did a good job of talking about marketing and, you know, the connection to the meat industry and just how it was a clear shift from cigarettes being marketed by doctors choosing their favorite cigarette. Like, this is what I smoke on a break in between surgery. And then they realized they couldn't do that anymore. So it became food and it became meat. And it was like this clear shift of it's marketing. It's wild to me. That's like blew my mind and then pissed me off. Yeah. Well, if you see the transition between like the early smoking, uh, the early smoking marketing and the early meat marketing, they're identical. Like the, even the colors and stuff like on, and you know, the, just the layout, like it's mental, that they literally just marketed the same and they sold it, to be honest. Like they, they have instilled that into society, like the people are like, and even with like toxic masculinity, like it's like real men eat meat. If you don't eat meat, mm-hmm. you're not a real man. 
does that persist in Ireland as well? Like, have, did you feel any of that when you went vegan, that there was like a question of your manhood? Yeah, I do think, I think that's, I think that's quite uh, across the board, to be honest. I, well, I find seen online and stuff, but in Ireland, I, I just feel like toxic masculinity and uh, and meat kind of go hand in hand a lot. Um, I have had it like where it's kind of like, well, you don't eat meat, you know, it's, um, it's definitely questionable. Uh, like, and I think it's in the stats. If you look at how many, how many women are, uh, are vegan and vegetarian compared to how many men are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The proof is in, in the pudding there, I suppose, in regards to toxic masculinity. Yeah, definitely. That's, I think, why The Game Changers ended up being one of my favorite documentaries to show to people or to recommend specifically to men. Because I was like, look at these athletes and these strong men and they eat plants and they're fine and you can be too. <laughs> yeah, I like to, to actually put in the, the, that, uh, the, the erections with eating plant-based compared to eating meat. Thought that was gas because it's just a good one for anyone that's been like toxic or you know talking about masculinity you just throw that out there and they're like wait what <laughs> so that's i, yeah. I enjoyed that uh, but yeah i did enjoy game changes it's a good one because it was first of its kind of of its type i suppose in regards to mm-hmm. you can be an athlete and uh be be vegan so you are working speaking of documentaries on a project yeah, so I started, what was it? It was before COVID, um, so I've kind of got a bit sidetracked with it, but I'm hoping to get it back on track now for March, I'd say. But yeah, I have shot it all last year. I took basically one of my friends who was like, he's mad into the gym. He um, plays hurling, which is a sport. I don't know if you, you probably don't know what hurling is, do you? Mm-mm. You should look it up. Um, <laughs> you should definitely look it up. It's a bit crazy. It's... Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty physical game. Um, I think. What does Jason Staten say? He says it's a mix between uh, hockey and death. <laughs> I, I think he says. That oh, sure, that, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pretty. It's a pretty physical game. But uh, yeah, he's mad into the gym and hurling. And I approached him to be honest because I thought he would be. Out of all the people I know, he'd be one of the least like likely to go vegan so I was like and he's quite ripped as well he's he's quite uh muscular so I was like I'll approach Matty and ask him and I suppose he he said he'll get back to me and he we had a talk about it and about a week later he got back to me and said he'll do it so I sat down with him and I kind of said to him one of the main things I want for this documentary is I you you can't tell people you're doing a documentary so I wanted them to kind of mm. go in to work and stuff and I wanted them to face the kind of questions and the ridicule you get for literally just not wanting to contribute to cruelty and I said you can say your environment you can say it's for health reasons or you can say it's for animals but you can't say you're doing it for a documentary you have to act like it's it's set in stone now that this is something you want to do Um, yeah yeah because I just thought it'd be interesting to see it was a bit of a cop-out if not because he'd just go I'm doing it for a documentary and they'd be like oh good luck with that right but um the amount of the amount of stuff he faced and the amount of the amount of criticism he faced and jeering in work and people just making smart comments and literally just saying you're going to lose your muscle it was, it was just outrageous to be honest and um, so yeah we shot that and it's all it's all shot we just need to kind of get an edit and that so I'm not going to give away any ending or anything but 
it, was, it was a pretty crazy three months. We started in October and we finished up at Christmas because I wanted them to go through a tough period, which like Christmas is massive in Ireland in regards to like turkey, ham, and, and well, in Ireland mm. in general, to be honest, uh, meat is fairly like cabbage and bacon, and that is very, uh, very much an Irish thing. But yeah, so it went, it went great, and um, I'm hoping to get that out in March. Is that something you want to do more of, creating documentaries around veganism and activism? Yeah, um, definitely. Like I, I studied TV and media in college. Like finished up, was it two years ago or that? And um, I did the documentary with. Like I just I enjoy documentaries anyway. Um, hence why I ended mm-hmm. up watching Conspiracy. I was just going through the documentary <laughs> list and got into it. It wasn't like a. I just kind of stumbled across it kind of thing, and then I was like, "But uh, I'm going back into that story." But anyway, uh, so. Yeah, I, I kind of, I definitely do want to make more of that in the future. Um, like I did the one with Matty, which is taking a meteor, which has been done before in the States and stuff, but it hasn't been done in Ireland. And Ireland is very much, like I think when we look at these kind of documentaries online or look at animal agriculture in general, we always kind of point the finger at America or, oh yeah, that's not over here, that's over there. You know, that's mm. all marketing over there. So we do like pointing the finger. So I wanted to kind of take it that an Irish person with all that he has around him, how he can transition from being an athlete eating loads of meat to going vegan. So I thought it was kind of an, a little spin that people can't point the finger across the waters anymore. What other topics or ideas, or maybe, you know, you don't want to share, no one can steal your ideas, but would, <laughs> do you want to do more things like that specifically? Or like what other things do you think would be great to create films about? I think uh, environmental is a big one as well, um, because mm-hmm. without the environment, we don't have any of this. So um, I think that's an important one. And I suppose just a bit more originality. Um, like I said, the documentary Matty is, uh, you know, I suppose it has been done before. But uh, yeah, I'll probably look to maybe environmental issues and uh, see what else I suppose I can do in Ireland in regards to veganism. Did you, because you started with stumbling across a documentary, did that Cowspiracy and, well, Earthlings, I can't watch all of Earthlings, so good for you for getting through it, because I, I will fully admit I can't, I can't get through it. Um, it is intense. Yeah, um, I think that's part of why the documentary, I haven't really edit, edited fully. We got, like, I emailed the director or producer I think the director of uh, Dominion the movie and asked him mm-hmm. to use it in the could we use it in the film so my thing was I wanted to show Matty as well um I wanted to show Matty the industry so we got permission to film in a local cinema and we got the screen to ourselves so I had to Matty sat down and watched the entire film in cinema which was it was crazy watching on a big screen like that even I was filming and I was kind of like I was a little bit engrossed in it but also I'm having to edit that now so I've got a kind of, that's part of the editing and it just, it breaks my heart, like, and the same with Earthlings, like, it's just, I don't know how, like, a lot of people turn Earthlings off after 10 minutes, like, and I see why, like, I kind of made myself watch three quarters of it, and then when I got in that far, I was just kind of like, I finished it, but, like, it literally just rips your soul apart. Yeah, it's one of those things that you can't unsee, you can't unknow what is happening behind the scenes and 
I, to circle back, I started my vegan journey for health and then dominoed into the environment and then animal rights and then, you know, everything else. Um, so do you kind of start in one area? Like, it sounds like you were really affected by the animal cruelty and then kind of everything else, or were you just like everything all at the same time? I think domino effect is like the perfect word uh, used there because like, you know, you go from animals to like, you know, human rights, like it is all so like, it's all together, like, and it's no like intertwined. Um, you know, like at first I suppose I looked into animals and then I was like human rights and, you know, people working in slaughterhouses with PTSD, you know, like it's just, mm. there's so much to do like you know a lot of people go you're vegan for the animals like and I probably would have said that two years ago but so much more to it now like human and non-human animals like so I definitely think that's really important to point out and like I would have originally been like vegan for the animals but it's just vegan for everything like there's just so much reason for it yeah I think that was another thing that really pissed me off in the beginning and I went through that angry vegan phase I don't know if you are familiar (laughs) or if you felt that effect but it felt like um the matrix right where you're just like oh I'm seeing everything so differently and I'm so pissed off that I didn't know until now and it's all connected yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. Matrix. Like you literally, you just, I was 25, 25 years. That's like, if I was lucky enough to live to 100, that's a quarter of my life. I was, and I wouldn't say lied to, like my parents brought me up the way they were brought up, so it wasn't them lying to me. But you're nearly lied to by, you know, it's just society, like, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty pretty crazy when you open your eyes. And I see what you mean with the angry vegan. I think everyone kind of goes through that phase because, you're that annoyed and that angry about the fact that people, because it's like a switch. Once you kind of make that connection, it's like you're switched on and you're like, why can't you see this? Like, and then, well, every so often I do have to take a step back and go, well, hold on. You took 25 years to see this. And if I was talking right. to myself five years ago, what way would I talk to myself now? So yeah, I totally get the angry vegan part. Uh, and I, you know, I think every so often everyone gets that you know you do root back to it and you kind of go well remember what the goal is and sometimes um you just have to kind of step back a little bit yeah I I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast now people are going to get sick of it but my best friend growing up and still is we've been best friends since we were eight she was vegan in middle school she was like way ahead of the curve and we live in rural Minnesota in the U.S. like it's not like it was a very populated city or anything. So she was way ahead of the curve. And I think back to, you know, I grew up hunting and fishing and eating meat and everything else. And I think about how she just stayed my best friend. And if I had questions, she would answer and she never made me feel bad. And once I was in that phase of just being angry at everyone who wouldn't listen to me, I had to remember that this woman was just like a kind, sweet soul and let me figure it out in my own time. Mm. I'm like, okay, that's what I have to do. Yeah, no, because my girlfriend was vegetarian. When we I went vegan, she went vegetarian and she was, she transitioned, I think, what was it? 
she's vegan now two years I think so there was kind of two years when I was a bit like uh everyone can be vegan and she was vegetarian now I still kind of had that kind of you that I just think if you push someone without them seeing it you know you have to make that connection if you don't make that connection that's why there's so many people like celebrities etc and people going vegan and they get a huge platform and then they're not vegan anymore like I think the connection once you make that connection and I say a lot of people go when they say oh, they were vegan they're not they weren't vegan if they're gone back like mm. to wearing, wearing leather doing this doing that because for me just once you make that connection it's just you, you can't go back yeah that's interesting like I, I do understand that certain people you know like certain people like we stated you know have less privilege in that so I'm obviously excluding that but um like I think once you go and you have the means to be vegan, I don't see you going back. So, yeah, and that's so interesting too. Is that there have been a few celebrities or people that have a lot of, you know, social capital or in the spotlight that go vegan and talk about it, and then are suddenly not vegan, and people are in absolute uproar on the internet like the internet blows up when celebrities change their mind on their diets and it's always so fascinating because even with food people are still put on a pedestal of who to follow and it's like well you shouldn't have been getting your advice from the celebrity who's been vegan for a year follow the like million vegan doctors that are on instagram yeah 100 percent. i think that's quite um that's just a very millennial thing isn't it (laughs) yes I am wondering if you have any good like conversion stories or if you've gotten anyone in your life to edge towards veganism or anything like that you talked about your your girlfriend uh yeah so she was yeah I think she just she was kind of um she would, we, we would have been together the whole time. So she was eating like probably 80% vegan. I think the only time she didn't was when she was out and she was back like then when you could only get cheese pizza or whatever, she get a cheese pizza. But um, in regards to conversions, I have a couple of friends that went vegetarian. My sister went vegan. She was vegetarian for 13 years, since she was 13. So she, oh, wow. more than half her life now she's vegetarian. So she went she went vegan after I was kind of like, check out these documentaries. She watched them and looked it up as well. And she's like, oh my God. So she went vegan. Uh, there's been like quite a good few messages on, on Instagram and people are messaging me just say, people I was in school with and just say, look at, I'm, I'm not wanting to eat meat anymore. And you know, I don't want to looking for a replacement for eggs and stuff. So I get a lot of that, um, which is good mm-hmm. to see. Um, but I'll have to, uh, you'll have to wait and see if Matty went or not. I know, I'm excited. Um, so your Instagram has quite a following now. It's Vegan Country Boy, right? Yeah. So where did that kind of start and come from? Did you expect that? Uh, no, to be honest, I started as a journal. I just wanted to kind of track my food. I was like, right, I'll track my food and then I'll um, I look back, you know, just say if it comes in two months' time, like, oh, I don't know what to eat. I'd scroll back through my timeline and be like, oh, I had this a couple months ago. That, that was nice. But just kind of like that to keep track. And then 
uh, yeah, I just I was posting recipes and then I just started looking more into um, just animal rights and, and all that. And it kind of just, yeah, just kind of built and built, went up in, in the following or that. But um, I think, uh, like, for me, like, I've learned so much. Like, it's amazing how much you learn from, from just say, Instagram. Uh, from other mm-hmm. people like um like there's like I'm volunteering now once COVID dies down to work like I work five days a week from Monday to Friday so I'm hoping to get Saturdays working in an animal sanctuary in Kildare so I seen that from um a couple of people I was following on Instagram they were just the stuff they were doing just is unbelievable like the work they were doing for animals and mm. it just there's so many good accounts out there but yeah, my one just, it literally was just a journal and then it just got some followers and stuff and I don't really think it, I just kept doing my thing and just kept posting or whatever, but. So it wasn't even about activism? No, no, at first it was a journal and then I was kind of like, I think once I first started, I was kind of a bit of, when I first started, I was kind of like, oh, I'm vegan. Someone asked was a vegan, it'd be the last thing I'd say kind of thing. If I was ordering out in a restaurant, I'd kind of avoid the situation mm. of saying I'm vegan. I was kind of like, at first I watched all the stuff and then I was a little bit kind of, a little bit, not scared, but like when people asked me about it, I'd be like, oh yeah, eat your own, which I don't use that term anymore in regards to eat your own because like, not that it's a bad term, like, but in regards to eat your own, you're leaving out, you know, you're leaving out, you're leaving out the, the victim. So I don't use that term, but I would have when I first started, I was kind of like, I say from when I first started two years, I probably went from, I went from, uh, you know, uh, I'm just trying it, you know, and just been really polite about it <laughs> to like being more the angry vegan. And I think I'm reversing back, but like I'll never like straight off the bat, like I'm not like your stereotypical vegan where we sit down at a table and I put my hand and go, I'm vegan. But if someone asks mm-hmm. me like why I'm vegan now, I will tell them why I'm vegan. And like, I'd be like, Are you sure you want to hear this? Because I'm going to tell you how it is basically. And I say it how it is, but it started with a kind of sugarcoat because I was a little bit kind of, it was kind of new. So I was like just a little bit um, shy around it, I suppose. Have you heard of, are you familiar with Claire Mann, the vegan psychologist from Australia? No, I don't think I am. Give her a follow. And I interviewed her on the podcast as well a couple months ago. She, I found her randomly in the beginning, I believe, of my vegan journey because I was struggling with how to talk to people. And I I don't even know what I Googled, but somehow she came up and she is really interesting and talks about ways to like bring people into the conversation versus calling them out, which I think is so important. And I learned a lot from, and something she talks about is asking people questions. So they feel like they're in control because we all want to feel like that in the conversation, right? So being like, oh, thanks for asking. Could I tell you a little more about why? And then if someone mm-hmm. says yes, then it's like, okay, well, then you can tell them. Because a lot of times I think people who are skeptical about veganism are like, don't preach to me or don't tell me what to do. But like, there's a way to go about it. She's really great if you want to look her up. Yeah. No, uh, I definitely will look her up. But I do agree with that too. Um you know, I think you can push people further away too. Um, mm. and I think we all find that out at one stage. You know, I think there are there's so many different forms of activism, 
And I think I think a lot worked for, you know, I think a lot of the activism it works across the the, the board, but like you know, sometimes people don't like being criticized and if they feel attacked, they just go the opposite. Like a lot of things I get online and stuff, like some people come and just just they just get angry and say, I'm gonna eat twice the animals now and stuff like that. And it's just like crazy. You get messages from people that they're going to eat twice the amount of animal products just because you posted about being vegan. Yeah, see, I started on TikTok. Um, I started on TikTok, and I wasn't. I thought I was too old for TikTok. <laughs> so I was like, "That's how I feel." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. And then it was like, right, if this is, you know, it's another, it's another um, social media, I suppose, that I can kind of post awareness about. And like I say, I try to keep it like I'd say I'm ninety percent positive. But every so often, I suppose, I get reach a limit where I kind of boil over and have to take myself back and go back to when you were, weren't were vegan. But um, yeah, like TikTok is one of the most, my God, like there's so much hate on it. It's like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Really? How much, uh, yeah, so much anger. I think a lot of it is 12, 13 year old kids just giving absolute abuse, to be honest. Um, but like I, I, I don't, to be honest, get that much in regards to, I'd say one in every 15 posts or that. Um, just, I'd say, say some of them have this thing where they just, um, they put up like the bat, the bat sign in the sky, but it's like anti-vegan and they all come around and they're like, right, let's get this one. <laughs> it's just things like that times, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but other than that, like, you know, <laughs> there is, like you said, there's a certain way to put it across too and everyone rece- receives it differently. Well, it's so interesting because I think learning about those skills in regards to veganism, because it can become such a hot button issue for some people, has helped me talking about any other issue I care about as well. Like the ripple effects, because there's a lot of things I want to you know, talk about and post about that are important to me. And I've definitely in the past come from this like, if you don't agree, you're an idiot kind of stance. Like I've totally, you know, maybe not use those words, but definitely implied. But having to learn through this has made me a better communicator, I think, honestly. Yeah, really, it really does. Like you you do get so much better communicating with people because you kind of learn after a while what kind of what takes people and what doesn't. Um, um mm-hmm. like like you said, asking a question and telling someone are two different things. Yeah, and even in my own circle of people in my life, when I first went vegan and then something that was really important for me was learning about the brain and health and um the book The Alzheimer's Solution by um doctor and doctor, their wife and husband duo, Shirzai, an amazing book, really, really great. And it just like blew my mind. My grandma has Alzheimer's and I was like, oh, a plant-based diet is going to help keep our brains healthy. So I was like obsessed telling my parents, like, I don't want you to lose your minds. I'm going to need you to eat vegan like yesterday. And of course they were totally put on the defense because I was telling them what to do. And I tried that for a while unsuccessfully. And then once I backed (laughs) off and stopped talking about it and just kind of, you know, did my thing, 
my mom hasn't eaten meat except for fish in over a year now. My stepdad makes tons of plant-based food. My dad and my stepmom are eating more plant-based. And it was literally in the timeline as soon as I stopped being an asshole about it is when they were like, hey, like, tell me more about that. And it was my, it was such a huge lesson on a billboard, like couldn't be bigger. Like, this is how you get people to listen to you, Carly. (laughs) Like. (laughs) <laughs> no I think you're, you're you're dead right on that I was saying like in regards to you know there's there's small wings too and like I find like you can actually there's so much activism with food like I like I used to bring stuff into college like chocolates and stuff and like sausages everything like that I would give to people and then be like that's vegan <laughs> you know after they eat it and <laughs> after I get into sales nice so it's a little devious <laughs> but um yeah no I think like stuff like that is and like yeah you know do we want everyone you know do we want the hundreds of millions of people to go vegan that can go vegan yeah of course we do but you know if you can have someone sit down and talk about you know flexitarianism that's a win too and yeah a Mm -hmm. lot of people who listen to this and say it's not enough but you know what I mean you have to understand I suppose that Rome wasn't built in a day either and the world doesn't work like that unfortunately and we can't click our fingers and so like progress is progress you know well and I think the more I learn the more I realize too when people have questions to kind of gauge their interests because you can like we've talked about you could have a conversation about veganism and why it's important with this person and then have a conversation why veganism is important with this person and they can look totally different. One could be the environment. Maybe they care about the environment. Maybe that person, you're going to get them with animals, you know, like pull on Mm. those heartstrings. There's just so many ways. Like we were talking about human rights. That's something that's probably the newer thing that I've learned about is like the people that work in those slaughterhouses. I just cannot get over the torture they endure. So like that's an avenue Mm. too. Yeah, it is. I, I read an article on BBC um, about Slaughterhouse. Mm. I think it was like a day in life of a Slaughterhouse worker. And some of the stories in it, like there was a story about one of the guys who had to be brought into one of the rooms and he was hysterical, bawling his eyes out anymore. And this is near the word for word. He was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Apparently he cut open the cows and a calf came out. When he cut open the stomach, the calf came out. And um, like I, I read oh. that article, I must link it to you. Um, it's absolutely mm-hmm. shocking. But like it almost had me in tears reading it like it was just like it, what these people have to endure like and you know a lot of people yeah I think a lot of people don't understand that as well like you know like nobody wants to work in them conditions and for that you know like that pay as well and and like you're looking at COVID been been rampant in so many of these places at the minute as well because of the conditions and they don't care about the workers like so it's definitely it's definitely a massive issue that needs to be highlighted across the vegan community. Yeah, I agree. I've been thinking of ways to talk about it more on my own platforms because I think it is an, um, just for, I mean, even from a strategic standpoint, I know that sounds terrible, but it's just not talked about enough. And I think that would also intrigue more people, but because those workers deserve to be spoken for as well. And I don't know about Ireland, but I know here a lot of, um, or quite a few of the slaughterhouses people that work there are undocumented and so that's a whole nother level of um, abuse and uh, manipulation to 
those people's lives as well. And it's just, it's fucked. <laughs> like, there's no other way to say it. There's even statistics to back it up, like, to, to back up, like, uh, mm-hmm. depression and and uh, and that in working in slaughterhouse. Like, so, you know, the proof is there, but it's it's shocking. And that's something as well I want to look into. Because it's kind of, it's, it's, I'm the same. It's a newer thing. I've opened my eyes to, I suppose, in the last, in the last year. And even more so in the last few months, I've been reading more articles and kind of, just educating myself more on the topic, I suppose. But that is definitely something else that uh, I look to be introducing into into my social medias. Yeah, definitely. If you can find that BBC article, I can post it in the show notes for this one for anyone who wants to read it. Yeah, I'll uh, link it to you after. It was it was absolutely shocking. I couldn't believe, and uh, it was dated recently in the last couple of years. Like it was just crazy, absolutely crazy. Well, the fact that people working in these places can get diagnosed with PTSD, which is something people from war come back with. Like, I think that tells you enough, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely crazy. I think a lot of people like, you know, you get a lot of people that's that, that comment on um, on vegan pages and saying, you know, what are you doing for, what are you doing for this? What are you doing for the homeless? What are you doing mm. for this? You know, people don't acknowledge that we are selfishly, as a society, paying someone absolutely, regardless of how low wage, but putting people in that shock. And you know, no one wants to do that job. Like, and as a society, people just, like, that's why we go into Tesco's or go into our supermarkets and buy plastic wrapped food and come out so we don't have, and there's a picture of a smiling cow on the, on the sign. Like, so, you know, there's, we, we have to acknowledge that there's someone down the line that's having a, do that horrible job like yeah and I think that there's this generational divide sometimes I think and you you mentioned this a while back and it just popped in my head again um about you know making people feel bad like they didn't know like our parents didn't know the food they were feeding us or whatever it is and I think that I've noticed in my life I realized that I needed to make it clear to my parents that I wasn't mad at them you know that I wasn't blaming them for making me eat meat or whatever it was it's like I'm mad at everything else like I'm mad at the system I'm mad at society but there is that feeling especially if you're um of an older generation who's been more indoctrinated with these beliefs and I can't you know I'm not a parent but I would imagine it would be really hard for your kid to be like telling you a lot of the things that you did weren't helpful or healthy. Like <laughs> that would be hard at first. So yeah, I think no. it's, Im- you know, it's important to make it clear. Like I'm not mad at you for not feeding me chickpeas when I was two. I'm mad that the system told you that wasn't good food for me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because I think like, in a, in a certain term, we were forced, like, you know, we weren't born meat eaters, like, and I wouldn't say forced, but, you know, we were given it, so we had no choice. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. the word forced and, like, that can be, like, when you put it across like that, it's kind of like, well, you know, my ma had six of us, so she'd probably be like, you want grateful little thing? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know. She had six six of us to take care of. So, um, but yeah, I think um, I think we're we're lucky to where we are now compared to where we were, I suppose, twenty years ago in regards to options. You know, 
I think mm. veganism was so alienated back then compared to now. So, so in the U.S., options in the last couple of years have completely boomed. Like it's insane. That's it's fun, especially for people who are transitioning into veganism because you can literally say anything you like. There's a vegan version. Mm. Anything you know, like. So many people can do that. Is that happening in Ireland as well? Like, are there a lot more options? Oh, it's massive, especially like, it's it's really big at the moment anyway, but with Veganary, it's like double up. Veganary is like second Christmas, like it's just like for the mm. month of Veganary. But uh, like in regards to options, every supermarket now nearly has their own brand. It's not just they're not bringing in their Beyond Meat to have literally their own version of Beyond Meat. Um, wow! so it's massive and you're going in like and you're seeing new options every day like it's it's definitely grown but what I find as well is like if you're you know not vegan or you're meat you're just saying you're going to the supermarket and you're buying you're buying the same three animals every time like like I go in and I'm like holy you know holy cow there's a new magnum there's new chocolate there's new you know I'm like literally going around like a child in the <laughs> supermarket going I need to get this I need to get that uh, so like that is an exciting part of uh, well I love it anyway uh, just the fact that you can try new things it's like going back and trying everything you've ever had but without the guilt I suppose yes what is your favorite vegan snack Ooh, my favorite vegan snack or like vegan um, treat or like something maybe you would need every day um have me on the spot here now um uh, I do have, do you have, I don't, I could be pronouncing this wrong. Do you have Vego or Vigo over in States? It's I like mean, a bar of chocolate. And, really? I don't think so. Oh, it's like a hazelnut bar of chocolate. Um, and it's just, it's amazing to have, like, they're after bringing out one after another, they brought out the hazelnut chocolate first and then they brought out the, um, I call them Vego, but I can guarantee you they're probably called Vigos. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I'm 100% pronouncing it, pronouncing it wrong. But uh, they brought out that, they brought out white chocolate, and they brought out dark chocolate. And I'm just, I'm waiting for the vegan Jaffa cake, to be honest. That's what I need in my life. I heard the word chocolate and I was in. That's all I needed <laughs> to know that that was probably good. So um, are there vegan, vegan, um, like annual festivals anywhere in Ireland? And if there are, have you gotten to go to any? Yeah, there's um, VegFest and CorkFest. So I went to VegFest up in Dublin before the last one, actually. And um, it was amazing. Just they had food stalls, T-shirts. Just, I suppose, probably the same over in America as well. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. just, just interacting with like-minded people and uh, just the vibes up there. Like, we went, it was our first year going, actually. Um, because I was working before I was working um, I used to work in the cinema so I used to work weekends so I didn't get a chance to kind of go to anything but um, I ended up my uh, changing job and have weekends off so we went last year and it was uh, it was amazing we literally just went up and spent so much money and just ate everything we could and everything that you could <laughs> buy that you could take home and eat we bought so we were just walking out there like just pockets full of food <laughs> I think I am going to make a new goal of visiting countries during Veg Fest. Like that'll be when we can travel again. I want to go to different countries and find a Veg Fest. So I'm going to come to Ireland someday and meet you at Veg Fest. 
That would be amazing. That would, that would be the dream, go from country to country to VegFest. Yeah, that's what I've just decided. I've just, I'm going to manifest this. <laughs> I'm just putting this out right now. This intention is happening. That's what I'm going to do go. but someday. And document it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone's got to be willing to pay me to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be an ideal world, wouldn't it? It really would. I'll look into it. I'll let you know what I find. <laughs> Maybe you can document it. Wait a second. There we go. But who? Someone needs to pay me then as well. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll figure. It, I'll figure that part out. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll work for vegan food. So that honestly, same. <laughs> if I could get there, and then just someone provides me vegan food, I'm good. Are there um, traditional Irish meals that you've made vegan? Yeah, um, so shepherd's pie, which I get shot for saying constantly because people go, there's no lamb in your shepherd's pie, so it's not shepherd's pie. But I continue to call it shepherd's pie, which is shepherdless pie is what people call it, but I'm just like, shepherd's pie. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love shepherd's pie. Uh, I love it with like lentils, by the way, which I did not know about till I went vegan. Like, seriously, how do we not know about any of these foods in go vegan? Like, I thought um, nutrition yeast was fish food when I first saw it. Well, I, to be fair, it kind of does look like fish food. <laughs> it does but it's look so like delicious. Food, I'll, put it, I'll put it on anything. Anything. You could literally put that in your tea. It is that good. Like It's so good. I, confession, have never had shepherd's pie, vegan or not. Oh, you need, I'm going to... I, I'm going to have a list of things I have to send you between my Vigo slash Vego and my shepherd's <laughs> list pie. Uh, but yeah, no, it's amazing. And like um, spaghetti bolognese as well is another one I like. Um, but like it's, it's crazy that you can just have anything that you had before now, like vegan. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And it's really, it's really fun. Yeah. And as well, the, um, like I, I had no idea that tofu existed like, I literally just feel like I came out under a stone and I was like, hold on, because like, I love lentils like, and like, where have they been in my life? And maybe I'm getting old, like saying I love lentils. But... No, same. I, when I first made spaghetti with lentils, I was blown away. I was like, why, how did I not know? I feel like I just completely ignored 85% of the grocery store too like it's funny because it's like these things have been sitting there but i just definitely didn't i was like i don't know what that is they're so cheap yeah yeah that's the best so part cheap and it's full of protein and all like it's just it's amazing what they're yeah we should just literally do another another podcast another time and just talk about lentils for an hour i was just gonna say i feel like we could really dive into lentils <laughs> I honestly, like, I feel there's potential there for a lentil podcast and not even just one episode. We could do an entire series on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, a spinoff of the show. Well, I hope that when you release your documentary, uh, you will join me again, maybe with Maddie, and can talk about the outcome there and, and what happened and yeah. the release of it. I would love to hear from both of you. Yeah. Um, I'm planning on like 
going well in March or that, and I was planning on before entering into festivals, festivals and that, but with COVID now, everything is just up in the air, so I'm probably just going to drop it to YouTube. So I'll probably send you a link, and then sure me and Matt, you can jump on and have a chat about it or whatever, and be definitely good to talk to you again. That would be great. Well, I truly appreciate this. Is there anything that you didn't get to share or wanted to say before we sign off? Um, not really. I suppose if anyone's thinking about veganism, um, just to give it a go, like I, I honestly, I feel like it's like it's put across so daunting and so um, like it's been mm. given that label that it's you know it's extreme and it's restricting. And it's really not, it's actually quite the opposite. You kind of take off chains in a, in a certain term to your food when you go vegan and there's just so much more options than for like, and I think it's, it is marketed the other way, I think from, from the animal industry that it's restrictive and extreme when it's just the total opposite. That's a really, really good point. And so I really I think, uh, perfect, with, perfect way I'll to end. With that before I start uh, talking about lentils again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's for the next time we chat (laughs) (laughs) definitely (laughs) well um again thank you so much for being willing to do this again i think it was great i think we did a really good job all things considered yeah i hope i hope it's as good as i hope it's as good now uh, and that uh that i didn't uh mess up this one or anything (laughs) no 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 i think it was great and i'm going to work on editing and hopefully get it out tonight oh well good luck with it anyway keep me updated and i'll be sharing on that anyway and um i'll uh, i'll be chatting to you soon that sounds great thank you so so much i really appreciate oh, it i actually i really enjoyed it like when you said it was second i was like pop back on for a second chat no problem <laughs> Okay, good. I I avoided messaging you for a few hours after I found out because I was just like, I feel like such an idiot and I'm asking him to talk again and this sucks. Well, well these but things, I guess you are in the film world, when... so you get it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, boring corporate side of it, but I do get it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you. I will keep you posted and I will tag you when everything's out. Perfect. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you are enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media, and tag me. Whatever you can do really helps me out. And if you are looking for even more ways to connect, I am on Patreon. If you head to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly, you'll see all the really cool things I'm offering over there. Yoga class passes, meditation videos, what I eat in a day videos, and more. So go over and check that out. Until next time.